0: Hi, I'm Heather Bruschetti at the Business Council of New York State. I'm the president and CEO, and now I am the host of this podcast called Connect, the Business Council podcast.
1: The Connect podcast aims to bring you the most interesting interviews with business leaders and newsmakers from around the state. And now here's the host of Connect, Heather Bruschetti. Hello,
0: and welcome to another edition of the Connect podcast. I am your host, Heather Bruschetti. Today's guest is Ed Mortimer, Vice President of Transportation and Infrastructure at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And our episode today is on the $1.2 trillion federal infrastructure bill the Senate passed in early August. This week, Speaker Nancy Pelosi advanced the bill for a vote, but did so along with the $3.5 trillion social policy bill, um, leaving many to wonder if Congress would ever vote on the infrastructure bill and if it will pass. Um, it's a really, really important piece of legislation and uh, the, the infrastructure bill that is. And Ed Mortimer is here to talk about um, both the politics of how it's being uh, presented and to help go through the bill for us. Um, Ed, thank you for joining us.
1: Great to be with you, Heather.
0: So let's just start a little bit with the politics, um, because you know that's usually what gets my interest. Um, Speaker Pelosi's move, it, it's kind of a political move, right? Um, advancing the bill along with this social policy bill. Can you explain how and what it means for the infrastructure bill and, and why this sort of uh, presentation?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, look. Uh, we have been focused on infrastructure modernization for over 10 years from the business community's perspective, the U.S. Chamber. And you, you all have been a great partner in that effort um, to modernize our roads, our bridges, our water systems. Um, and so we work together to put together a coalition of business and labor um, who basically have said, look, the time to act is now. We've had a lot of false starts There's a joke in Washington that every week is infrastructure week. Um, And so we're trying to get rid of the joke and get to actually showing that government can actually act to address a critical issue to the nation's future economic growth and quality of life. And so we worked closely with a bipartisan group of senators uh, that put together a package which would be the largest infrastructure bill our country's ever seen, uh, $550 billion of new investment in our, in our transportation networks, in our water systems, rural broadband, clean energy. Um, and we got a bipartisan vote of 69 to 30. So 19 Republicans joined about 40% of the Republican caucus joined with every Democrat in the United States Senate. Um, and you know, look, uh, to get that kind of vote in the current political environment is really Herculean. But it also shows that infrastructure isn't a partisan issue. Um, It's something that Republicans and Democrats both need to deliver to their constituents. Um, And so now as we move to the House, what we are calling for is we just got a big, strong bipartisan vote. Let's bring it up right away. Let's get it done. And let's get these projects going. Um, The American people have been waiting too long for these infrastructure investments. And now is the time to act. Um, Speaker Pelosi has decided that um, she wants to tie together this bipartisan infrastructure bill with a much more partisan agenda, which you talked about as the social infrastructure. And I think of most concern to the business community is while some of the social programs in there are things outside of a partisan uh, exercise, we'd be open to supporting, but the ways to pay for it are charging the business community um, and raising corporate taxes, making changes to the tax reform that we got in 2017. And in our view, this is not the right time to do that. Um, And so our position is very clear. Let's move forward with the bipartisan bill that has that support. The president supports it. You know, We had almost half the Republican caucus in the Senate. We got Republicans in the House that support it. Let's bring that up. Let's get that to the president's desk so we can start putting shovels in the ground and start modernizing our infrastructure. Um, After that, Go ahead, Heather.
0: Is there is there a legal linkage between the two? I mean, does the $3.5 trillion bill, the social policy bill, is that necessary for anything that is in the infrastructure bill? Are Absolutely. there funding uh, mechanisms? No.
1: No, there's no linkage at all. It's a political linkage. There's nothing of substance that links the two bills together. They're and completely-
0: so I mean we talk about dollar figures in trillions now, billions and trillions and um, wow, I'm just having a little Carl Sagan moment there—trillions and trillions of stars. Um, but um, I, I, I just wonder. I mean, in context, the 3.5 trillion dollar social policy bill that represents—I think I saw like 13% of the GDP. Does that does that make sense, or does that sound correct?
1: It does. It does. And again, it's something the federal government has never gotten into. Never made those types of investments, um, and again, you mentioned the deficit. And again, because of the pandemic, we've made a lot of federal investments to get our country through the pandemic. And in our view, this is not the time to add more to the deficit and to raise taxes on businesses who are trying to recover from the pandemic.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, we had that experience with our our own state budget last year. They elected to raise taxes. Um, even though they didn't need it. Um, but I, I think there was a feeling that, um, you know, now is the time, which I would argue was definitely not the time. Um, so, so this bill is bipartisan. You said 19 Republicans helped it pass the Senate. Do you expect bipartisan support in the House?
1: So we are hoping for that. Um, but again, obviously, there's a lot of dynamics because of this linkage that Speaker Pelosi's brought to it. Um, There are some House Republicans that are concerned about the linkage. Um, But, you know, we we at the chamber and our coalition of business and labor have a very clear message. Unlink them, pass the infrastructure bill that has bipartisan support and take up the partisan bill later. Um, So, you know, there is some confusion right now because of all these procedural moves. But what we're advising our members is when they talk to their members of Congress um, forget about the procedure. This is about doing the right thing for the American people. Um, we need to create jobs. We need to have economic development. That's what this infrastructure bill will do. I mean just in New York alone, this bill is going to bring 11.6 billion dollars in new highway funding for New York over five years. Uh, you know up to up to almost two billion for bridges, uh, knowing that almost a third of the, the bridges are structurally deficient. So the needs are documented. The, the investment is much needed. Um, it's really getting down to get stop playing these p- partisan political games and do your job, get the bill that does have the bipartisan support through, and then deal with those other issues later. And uh, we're pretty confident that we can find Republicans and Democrats to oppose um, the social spending bill. But so, we, we want to get the first bill done first.
0: Wouldn't they necessarily be voted on separately? I mean, i, I, I... Just sort of basic government. I, I'm not sure I understand how you can force um, one vote to count for the other bill. That's um, maybe I'm just being dense.
1: <laughs> no, you're not being dense. It's 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 confusing, but here's the latest. The latest is what the speaker's current plan is, and again, we're trying to get a change. Is that they would move forward with um, the budget resolution, which is allows them to do reconciliation. So it's a two-step process to do the social bill. One is they have to authorize the right for committees to write the social bill. And then a couple of months from now, they would then vote on the social bill. Um, what this particular rule would say is after that procedure is all done, um, two months from now or three months from now, after that is done, the infrastructure bill, the bipartisan infrastructure bill would come directly after that. Hmm. And our view so is- it would delay, months, imp- but, it would yeah.
0: definitely delay implementation by several months. Absolutely. At, at like, you know, the sort of best case scenario under that process.
1: That's correct. So
0: so let's talk a little bit about what is actually in the bill. Um, I mean, I, I know it's the largest federal investment in over a decade, um, and it, it, it includes investments in the power grid systems and uh, public works projects, high speed Internet access and uh, 25 billion for airport upgrades and. Money for Amtrak and cybersecurity. So, how how good is this bill? Is it does it is it sufficient to address um, the nation's infrastructure needs? And I, I don't know if that's an answerable question, really. And and what are like the really th- the things we should be really watching out for in this bill, uh, positively? Sure.
1: So, Heather, again, this is the largest federal infrastructure bill in history. Um, the only two times in our his country's history we've come close to this type of investment is when we developed the interstate highway system in the 50s, and then in in the New Deal after the Great Depression in the early 30s. Um, This is that next transformation. We built this infrastructure 50 to 100 years ago. We now need to build 21st century infrastructure. And as you talked about, we look at infrastructure differently. It's not just roads and bridges, although they are the backbone, uh, but at high speed internet, um, looking at water systems, we have we have lead pipes, right, that have been there for 100 years. This legislation will provide the blue, the, the glide path for getting rid of lead pipes in, in, across our nation. Um, again, clean energy. We know that we need to address climate issues and we need to bring private sector in, 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 in innovation and technology to do so. And this bill will help do that. Now, will it solve all of our nation's problems? It will not. Like any piece of legislation, it's not perfect. Um, This probably isn't the bill that you would write or I would write, but at the end of the day, this is a bipartisan bill, which means compromise on all sides. And again, this is what government is supposed to do. We want limited government, but we want government to solve problems that face the American people, the business community, and this is the best step to do that. Um, If this bill were to pass on a partisan basis, it's too easy when the next political party takes over that they just eliminate all the good work that's been done. So we don't just say bipartisanship just to be Pollyannish. We say it because we want it to be durable and long lasting and investments in infrastructure take time, but they provide us assets that that all of us benefit from for 50 to 100 years to come.
0: So is there is there any place that we can look at with a breakdown of what's in what state and I mean, is 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 any particular area of the country getting more than its fair share or, um, you know, how, how do you assess that? And, and is there any place we could go to find out that kind of information?
1: Sure. So um, you can go to, um, we have a website called letsrebuildamerica.com, which is kind of of the chamber's infrastructure effort and all the information on what's in this bill, what it can mean to your community is in there. Um, you know, we still have to see how it's implemented. Um, new York does very well in this bill. You have some high, high projects in both in New York City, but also I know a lot of bridges around the state. There's a brand new bridge program that's specifically targeted to fix old bridges. And you have a lot of them in New York state. I think I set up to a third where yeah. your bridges are structurally deficient. Um, and again, some of the clean energy as communities like yours are transforming from looking at new energy sources, you know, obviously, for the future, we need to have electric charging stations. You know, we need to bring in windmills. We need to bring in our, our position's always been, instead of having OPEC create our energy, we need to have a variety of energy sources uh, in the United States. And I think New York has capability to do that. Um, And so, you know, this, this is going to be a very important bill for providing that long-term economic growth. We think businesses will grow once they see these investments being made.
0: Yeah. And if, I mean, can you use the money for stuff that's kind of already on the drawing board? Um, you know, we've got huge solar or not solar, huge offshore wind uh, mm-hmm. commitments in the works. And I'm just wondering, I mean, would any of the, would these funds be available for some of that?
1: Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, now, look, it, it's a shared responsibility. It's not all on the federal government. So it's a partnership with the state, local. And, you know, Heather, one of the things we're also looking for, we think there's room for private investment to not replace, but to supplement um, some core federal investment that's going to come out of this bill. Um, One of the big provisions that's not getting a lot of notice about this bill is that there are provisions to kind of uh, expedite the permitting process. Sometimes it takes longer to get a permit to build something than it is to actually build the project. Um, This legislation would have a two-year time limit for approvals of projects. Um, It would actually allow and we think that certainty in the permitting process will encourage more private investment. Uh, our neighbors to the north in Canada, one third of all their infrastructure is paid for by the private sector. Um, we have a ways to go to get to that point. But whatever we can encourage private investment to take up, that frees up limited federal, state, and local dollars for projects that couldn't be done any other way.
0: OK, so um, just uh... And purely self-interest here. I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan, and it's my dream that someday we have high-speed rail so I could go to a game and come back. Um, high-speed rail qualify for this um, this spending?
1: There is some parts of this bill that will qualify for high-speed rail. Um, you know, again, I think you know your region is very is very uh, open and is a place that high-speed rail makes a lot of sense. We also think this bill is going to encourage some private investment in high-speed rail. Um, we're looking at a couple of projects, one in Texas, one in Florida from the private sector. If they are successful, we think there'll be more private rail investment throughout the country. And so, you know, some of it's going to be through government. Some of it could be just through the private sector. But I think we do recognize as a long-term vision for this country, we need to have, particularly on the East coast and the West coast, we need to have a high speed rail and, and not just, you know, we can't call the Acela, uh, that goes maybe up to 100 miles an hour, that's not high speed. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to get up to, and I'm not going to say high speed, like, you know, you go to G- Germany or you go to Spain, they call high speed 350 miles an hour. Uh, I think we if we could get 200 mile an hour trains, so you could get from where you're at up to Buffalo in, in, in an hour, um, that would be really make a difference. In- it
0: would, it would be awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Go build. I think they're going to have a good year this year. Oh,
0: they're going to win it. Come on. I'm feeling good. Um, So let's talk about like the, just the sort of the, the debt thing, right? So the national debt is 28 trillion right now around there, I think. Um, And uh, this bill is a trillion dollars. And um, you know, the social bill is 3.5 trillion. Where's all this money going to come from?
1: Great question. Um, let me start with the physical infrastructure bill. Okay. Uh, the good news is on the physical infrastructure bill, the $1 trillion is there are no tax increases that are going to be paying for that bill. Um, there are a variety of pay of fees and other things that really don't have too much of an adverse impact on the business community. I think our goal at the beginning of this debate was to make sure that the business taxes wouldn't go up. A little disappointing, you know. We we at the chamber originally supported raising the user fee for our roads and bridges. We haven't raised that in 27 years. Um, but President Biden said he didn't want to raise taxes on anyone who made four hundred thousand dollars or less, and so it's not the prettiest way to pay for a bill. Um, but it's going to these investments again. They're going to bring tax revenue in because of the economic benefits they're going to provide. Right. So that's kind of the, the physical infrastructure bill. When it comes to the social infrastructure bill, you know, our big concern is that they want to raise corporate taxes. They want to change the tax code to disadvantage both small and large businesses. And, you know, again, this is not the time to do that. Um, businesses are just trying to get through this pandemic. We're dealing with the Delta variant right now. Um, the last thing we should do is, You know, it's great that we're going to have economic growth with the infrastructure bill, but all that could be taken away if we're going to raise taxes over here. So it's kind of one side versus the other. Um, And so, you know, our position is very clear. Let's get this bipartisan infrastructure bill done. And then let's really put a break on this social infrastructure bill. Let's see which parts of this can we deal with on a bipartisan basis that don't adversely impact the business community.
0: Right. Yeah. I know um, there's been a a lot of um, discussion in our area around the implications um, in changing both the capital gains tax and the estate tax. And, you know, the um, there's been a number of stories about how difficult it will be to basically hand down like family farms and how how, you know, you might have to sell off half the farm in order to pay the taxes on it. Um, under this legislation, which it's already an issue, but from what I understand, this legislation would make it a lot worse. So, um, what else do we need to know? Um, for what, what should the average person know? I mean, who can we talk to to um, bang the drum in support of the infrastructure bill? Um, what, what's what else should we be telling anyone who's listening to this podcast?
1: Well, we need to tell them one is, you know, I know you have Congressman Delgado, talk to your congressional delegation. They need to bring this physical infrastructure bill up for a vote so we can start getting the economic benefits of it. And then let's not support raising taxes to pay for social programs. Let's figure out a way to do it on a bipartisan basis, take it out of this partisan mechanism called reconciliation. And let's see if we can follow the path that we followed on the infrastructure bill where both sides were able to compromise and come up with viable solutions that are gonna last for a long time. And so, you know, we're kind of at the goal line. We were talking to bills earlier. We're first in goal here. Um, We've been working on infrastructure for a long time, um, but we gotta punch it over the goal line. And sometimes that last yard's the hardest yard, Um, but please talk to your house members, Um, your senators, both were supportive of this bill in the Senate, but the timeliness of getting this done, um, the longer we wait, the longer we continue to see lost productivity due to inadequate infrastructure, we see unsafe conditions, and as people are trying to get back to work, um, there's nothing that can be more viable than modernizing our infrastructure, knowing that the way we're going to commute in the future is going to be different. So looking at things like high-speed rail, connecting our transit systems to our airports, making sure it's connected um, so that we can have the vibrant economy that every American deserves.
0: Thank you, Ed Mortimer of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. I uh, really appreciate your time today, and uh, I guess we have our our marching orders, which is to make sure that our elected officials understand that we support the infrastructure bill and want to get it done now.
1: Absolutely appreciate it for this opportunity, Heather.
0: Thank you.